e-governance has made all i mean even the poorest of the poor cannot live a day's life without having something to do with digital yes. either aadhar requires digital or any any paper that he wants needs a photocopy that is a machine which is somewhere in the online they have mm-hmm. to be kept in printing and things like that so our life is totally in control of digital or connectivity but we are not connected welcome to outliers uh, this is a podcast with outliers and i'm really excited to have osama manzar uh, who joins us in this episode of outliers osama is someone uh, i heard first uh, i was working with mint newspaper and uh, a man in turban and uh, uh, i started reading the stuff that osama used to write uh you know he used to travel a lot across uh, the grassroots and the insights uh, sometimes questioned what you know informed journalists like us used to think of uh, digital india and in many ways it 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 kept bringing uh, very in timely uh, reality checks uh, so osama thanks uh, for all these years of uh, thank you glad to be here yeah i'm so excited that we are talking now uh the the idea really osama is to understand this 1 billion or next billion myth and i'm calling it myth because uh, depending who you talk to today uh, from a seller of a software solution to an internet company to a company trying to you know build a corporate social responsibility around uh, getting more people online you find very confusing uh, the descriptions of who are these people uh, the so called next billion what do they really need what does internet mean in their lives if at all now i really want to understand from you from your you know uh, conversations and tracking what do you see okay so uh, so let's let's assume that the people who are talking about next billion is it is is actually uh, it's a very market driven uh, you know uh, phrase uh, but uh, uh, let's take it to a re- reality check uh, on paper yeah, in reality half the world is now connected which is that means 3.5 billion people are connected so let's assume that the next 3.5 billion are the next billion to be connected or to be on internet and how and things like that are the people that everybody is talking about now when you say that 3.5 billion are already connected it is it is very sad to say that it took 25 years for them to get connected mm-hmm. but even sadder is that we don't know how soon or late that we are going to connect next 3.5 billion because if because these 3.5 billion who are connected they are the haves they are not the have nots they are the people who are urban they are the people who are a typical you know uh, capable consumers these are the people who had the infrastructure they have the infrastructure they have buying powers uh, they are the people who are concentrated in 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 areas which is supposed to be urban and uh, mass driven and in a small localities they are high density uh, people Uh, as it can be seen from the telcos uh, connectivity list uh, so i would say that it was easy for everybody to get them connected in the last 
even if it took 25 years now next 20 uh, next 3.5 billion or the next 50 percent of the people who are not connected is a very interesting area of conversation and it's interesting from several ways one is that they are the mass consumer now but they are spread geographically in difficult areas in very widespread they are not the richest of the rich but in fact they constitute poorest of the poor poor lower middle class uh, you know and so on and so forth so this is this is very very interesting that connecting them is not going to be easy geographically connecting them is not going to be easy financially connecting them is not going to be easy from the consumeristic perspective because they may not have as much paying power as anybody else they also belong to underdeveloped countries they also belong to developing countries they also belong to poorest of the poor countries that me and i'll tell you very simple everybody knows india according to the world bank figure is 1 billion people in india is still not connected so out of 3.5 india itself has got 1 billion people not connected and india also has got 35% uh, illiterate india has also of its population india has also got 75% of its women not having any kind of device in their disposal not even mobile. If mobile is considered to be a mass media device, even mobile is not reached to 75% of our women, 70 to 75% of our women. So, the half the world which is not connected is actually in South Asia. Just between India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Nepal and you know all these areas. We don't even have to go far away. Now, even today, you are from Bangalore, you are staying in Bangalore, I am mean, staying in Delhi. If I connect here, even a radius of 2 kilometers, I will connect a million people. But if I have to connect a million people in a village, I would have to spread the infrastructure of fiber uptake of at least 5 times more uh, cost than what we are doing in an urban area. Because of the less concentration of the people and therefore financially not viable and therefore telcos are not going deeper into the area to connect people because they don't have buying power, they are widespread, they are, they are difficult terrain, they are geographically unreachable and they don't have a paying capacity. So even if I take all the effort to connect them, what are they going to use it for? Nothing. Hmm. But even more interesting is that According to all the efforts of the world, according to all the efforts of the government, most of all the necessary papers and uh, have gone on digital. So e-governance has made all, I mean even the poorest of the poor cannot live a day's life without having something to do with digital. Yes. Either Aadhaar requires digital or any, any paper that he wants needs a photocopy that is a machine which is somewhere in the online, they have to be kept in printing and things like that. So our life is totally in control of digital or connectivity but we are not connected. So it's a very dichotomical paradoxical situation. You know, so the next 1 billion, what you call or next 3.5 billion is actually throwing a very, very, uh, you know, uh, paradoxical statistics to all of us who are supposed to connect them. So for me, mm -hmm. the reason why I feel yes. always excited about this billion is because nobody is going there. And that's the reason everybody asks me that why don't you work in urban areas? 
I said that because urban areas, everybody want to work. So there is nobody in the rural areas. So somebody has to go to rural areas to work because, you know, they're, you know the urban poverty is much worse than the rural poverty. There's no doubt about yes. it. We all know it. Yes. It's violent. It, it, it's very, yes. very, uh, you know, taxing and things like that. But if, if urban area, I want the connectivity, I can go and get it. I may not have a capacity to get it. I may not have money to get it. I may not have paying capacity to get it. But I can get it. It's available. possible. It's available. But in rural, even <laughs> if I want to pay, it's not available. I want to, I am living in a village and I make amazing product. I don't know how to sell it except that the middleman that who, who actually squeezed me out. The whole 35 to 40% of the agriculture uh, product that we are making in India is actually has almost negligible digital connectivity to all our farmers. Farmers are more than 200 million of our country and they are digitally devoid. Hmm. So, one thing is clear, uh, the companies and organizations who always looked at the next set of potential users as a market opportunities are in a dilemma or dichotomy that you're talking about. But there is still all the talk. Mm -hmm. And I'll take you back uh, a year and a half ago when the whole Facebook uh, uh, thing started and we saw your, your reactions around that time as well. In some ways, it highlighted uh, you know, what you are now saying, right? So, can you do this on your own? I mean, and what is government's role? Uh, what do you make of uh, Google, Facebook uh, phenomenon? So, listen, so what is happening is that most of the people who are actually wondering about the next billion, they are not seeing them as a producer. They are seeing them as a consumer. That's the biggest, uh, you know, problem that is happening. Okay. So earlier what used to be that earlier era of uh, industrial era or the pre-digital era used to see them as a consumer of buying products. Mm -hmm. But today I am seeing them as a data consumer or even if they are not a data consumer, I see them themselves as a data which is for me mm -hmm. a production cycle. So your identity capturing for me is a data that I can sell and I can make money. And that is where it is extremely important for all these big companies to capture this data in some way or the other and use it as an as oil. So, so you, you kind of hint at it as some kind of, a, like they say, big data is a new oil kind of a thing. Is this data really valuable? Because you also mentioned about the purchasing power, uh, you know, I don't know whether like it's that. valuable or not. But before you think it is valuable or not, oh. they are already of value. The database itself with the availability, for example, everybody comes to Digital Empowerment Foundation to ask me what is happening in villages, what is happening in rural areas. Why do they come? Because even knowing what is happening there is a is a is a is a is a knowledge, is an information worth a billion or worth a million or whatever, worth something. So it is important, certainly important for the spread of your business. The second thing is that these unconnected people are actually a very, uh, you know, what you call as innocent consumer for everybody to grab them mm -hmm. in a first instance. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So it, there is a health data, there is a mm -hmm. governance data, there is a woman data, there is a consumer data. Poverty itself is a data. Whether we can solve the problem of poverty or not, but the data of the poverty can reach me. 
or enrich me or really you know so poverty is a business poverty converted into a data and data converted into a mining is a is a money for me so if you ask me how many people are actually uh, actually uh, not having an aadhar card you know is suffering because of various reasons who can i mean that data you will love to publish in your newspaper in a magazine in your in your online why everybody has got suddenly graduated to da- dashboard because it's a data dashboard a dashboard is nothing but you know it's a it's a crux of all the numbers that is there in one go that we can sell it off and and there are no rules of the game here because like you rightly pointed out uh, because these are innocent consumers uh, the, the the questions of privacy uh, sharing the, this data all this is not known to them they don't know actually actually we are actually if you look at the india you know culturally data also has a data and digital also has a very serious cultural issue because in real life we are hardly private we share everything in real life we are but in real life there is no virality nothing goes viral na at the most kya hoga i mean the gossip will go to the to the to the heart to the local market to whatever so it's all manageable a local local pan shop or a, or a tea shop how many people can gather there but on social media you know millions can gather in one place that chopal is you know far more. so chopal is the virtual chopal the virtual chopal is very very uh, volatile which is which is unlike in real and therefore here the violence against privacy or privacy being compromised in real life has a different connotation in a privacy being compromised on an online media because it can go viral it can go to many people it reaches several people you know so in, in your uh, travels uh, and in your research that you do on an ongoing basis are there one or two anecdotes that you can share that illustrate everything that we are talking now listen there are my travel actually taught me india to be divided into very different way you know so i have my own definition that i really propagate that how people sh- you know should look at development for for the country when we are really looking for development for the country we should stop thinking connecting anybody and everybody i have told it many times and if we are not doing that in any case we are going to suffer very badly i mean for example we have divided the country into education health infrastructure governance and business mm-hmm. okay and i'll give you example and that's a huge huge number just take governance everybody talk of administrative governance and par- member of parliament and ministers mm-hmm. and all that but india is divided into 250000 panchayat and village council sure each village council has got 10 to 15 member that means every 5 year we are electing 3 million people to govern our country 3 million people out of whom 1 million are women does this not sound like a population to a country of course you know bhutan has got just uh, you know 600000 people 700000 people kyrgyzstan has got 7 million people 6 million people and we have 3 million governance number who are supposed to be responsible for the entire monitoring evaluation management of the development of a village including flow of business and money and everything most of them are illiterate almost all of them are digitally illiterate they have no accountability 
more than 90% of the village panchayat will never have uh, conducted there or would not have converted Gram Sabha. Gram Sabha is like holding a parliament. So you are a governing body, governance body. You are a body of who is supposed to govern two, three villages under your panchayat or a village council. But you don't hold meeting, which is supposed to be official. Because if you don't hold meeting, parliament, how do you decide what to do? And therefore, how do you, you know, deliver? You are supposed to govern all 29 subjects. That means from health and education to, you know, to sanitation, to water, to construction, everything. How will you do it? Where is the accountability? So this is area of governance and the challenges. But imagine if you make all 250,000 village council online. How rich we are on the online? Suddenly you'll have Dhailak, you know, you'll have 2.5, uh, a quarter of a million websites itself. <laughs> so virtual poverty of <coughs> India will suddenly become quite rich. And when you are online, you will automatically learn how to be visible and therefore you could, uh, you will like to be transparent and you yes. like to be, you know, sharing your everything. That will drive you down. So this is governance. Go to social sector. We talk about number of people not connecting this. I forget about it. Just talk to NGOs. We have 3.3 million NGOs registered. Forget them also because we don't know who are they. 10% of them file returns. Even if you take 10%, they are about 3.3 lakh. Almost the equal number of panchayat. <laughs> or more than that. Who are they? They are the grassroots organization, they work in social sector, they do reports, they have newsletters, they have infrastructure, they know demography, they know local people. But all those gyan and knowledge is not online. They are not online, they are not visible. But they are accountable because they are already filed returns. That means they are not hiding. So if you put them online, again you have got 300,000 more people online, uh, institution online. And then therefore accountability and therefore something. And thankfully we were doing this online thing for uh, NGOs and we did about 5,000 NGOs online. And then suddenly government announced that if you, if you are uh, account, uh, if you are FCRA, then you have to put everything online. Thankfully it has become a rule now. So it is helping people to go online. But imagine that entire social sector representatives are not online and not visible. Come to education. Anybody would say, if you are into education, if you invest today, you will earn 20 years hence or 30 years hence. So as a country, don't you think that we should have a plan at least 30 years in advance or 50 years in advance? Of course. So therefore, 1.54 million schools are there, 7 million teachers are there, 230 or 40 million children are there. Tell me the schools which are online. Tell me the schools which has got lab, digital lab. And the reason I am asking is that why not I will ask because paper is not the future, the digital is the future. Everybody knows that there is no question about it. The medium has changed, the medium is changing. That means if I am not having a care for my school to go online or be online and use digital as a medium and to get them connectivity today, we are already 30 years behind. And this rocket science doesn't require rocket science. It's very simple and straightforward. That why do you can have a separate ISP only to connect schools. I would say. Or why not make all, all schools as an ISP, local ISP? So do you see these as sustainable or viable businesses, business opportunities that Why local not? entrepreneurs could tap. 
I mean, I have been telling it. Why not? But for the local entrepreneur to tap, I will have to create a rule that ISP is opened up in India. Any Tom, Dick and Harry can become ISP and they can get a license. <coughs> like the way you did community radio license for NGOs. But you do it with a open heart. Then what will happen? Because these telcos are not going locally, I will do the local. I will do only one colony connectivity. And I will make money. So the other thing is the patience, right? Now these big telcos that you are referring to, I mean, enormous time has gone waiting for them to act. And they've been focused initially with the whole USO fund, which is lying... You know, God knows what happens to that money. No, they gave this money to NOFN, National Optic Fiber Network. So what happened? 70,000 crore. They are supposed to provide the connectivity till Panchayat. Okay. Five years before. And till now, they claim only that few thousand of them have been connected. And out of them, they themselves claim only seven to 10,000 of Panchayat. It's working. According to our data... Not even 10% of the 7,000 is working. Oh, that's that. So, this is a cultural issue. If you ask the same BSNL to do the job, they will not do. Na? The linesman doesn't know the difference between the, you know, this line after firing become uh, connectivity for the world. They think, pipe laga diya, ho gaya mera kaam. you know, I have done the piping, my job is done. So, all these connectivity that is happening is actually, they are laying the cable and bringing the cable and it's hanging in the Gram Sabha. That's it. And even if you are fired, you are not available to give the connectivity to anybody. So you are not even doing a good job where demand can be created. Hmm. If I make a good road, people will drive it on it. They will buy bikes. They will take their Bailgadi also. Bailgadi is also on a wheel. It it goes better on a road. So if I don't even make the road properly, I only show that the road has been made, but as soon as I drive on that road, it will start, you know, scrambling around like a dried cake. So who will drive on that road? <laughs> okay. So telcos, clearly, I mean... And, and because yeah. telco doesn't have a capacity to help the unconnected community's social need to get connected. Social need, it's very important. Because it's not only about connectivity. Why we are successful in last mile connectivity that we are doing is because we have other funding and grants to do social work, to do the training, to provide a public space with computers. They can come and learn there. Then in a, in, a, in a month and year's time, they think that it's very influential, it's very good, it's good for me. Then they sideline the money not to buy a bike, but they will buy a computer. So all this t- takes time. Okay. It requires investment. But no, you are not ready to invest. So just the pipe is not enough. I mean, of course not. Yeah, clearly. The first thing that you need <clears throat> is an attitude and patience and perseverance. So your life cycle as an investor, as a telco or anybody who is going to the rural India, you should convert it immediately into 3 to 5 years at least. But then the market is yours. But is there fortune at the bottom of this? Yes, of course. Because you know that fortune is there. You don't want to invest so much for to get that fortune. And therefore, I am, I am, that's the reason. I don't want to blame any telco. You know, you are a businessman, private limited, funded you know, listed and so you have an accountability that kitna lagaya kitna. But 
as a government as a developing country or a developed country you need to have a policy in place even today who sells the sim in the village airtel doesn't sell the sim a small little entrepreneur yes. they open a brand they you know uh, prepaid and postpaid and this paid and that paid who these are entrepreneurs why don't you have a similar level of entrepreneur just to provide connectivity wifi boxes in houses you know wifi hotspots this is business because connectivity is not only connectivity it's an infrastructure it's business it's rights it's business opportunity it's so many things i mean i tell you we have so many examples where we have just done connectivity and life has changed of the people can you share one in chanderi in chanderi we had started in 2009 10 it's a, it's a it's a cluster of silk sarees and silk weaving when we had started there their turnover was about 60 crores about 10 million dollar at that time now their turnover is 30 million dollar three times because of purely because of information asymmetry you go there you have fi- uh, you know we provided wifi connectivity to the people we created a design center there we created e-commerce for the local entrepreneurs they started uh, when we had gone there was no atm there was uh, no uh, you know banking system there was no connectivity nothing now there are hundreds of houses who have got wifi provided by us they pay to us our monthly income of connectivity itself wifi is 35000 rupees they see value in paying for value, it yeah they are paying why and most of them have got facebook page or other this page and that page to market their products now they know where is the exhibition happening so they go and participate and sell their products so there is a gap there is an information there was an information gap now there is none so they are more empowered today um what was wrong when someone like a facebook came and said okay you know we will we will do this for india and the whole internet org program was almost looked upon as i mean the positioning was very interesting and some people even got offended with the way it was positioned that you know you are talking of upliftment of you know rural indians and and so on by by connecting them so some would say intentions were right uh or or not but how w- what is been now in hindsight looking back how do you read that entire episode no so uh, you know what facebook was doing was not connecting people mm-hmm. they are not they were not connecting they certainly they, their entire dot org uh, drive was uh, to connect the unconnected mm-hmm. with various innovative technologies <coughs> which was great anybody would say that is great no i mean if anybody say that how do you connect you can connect through white space you can connect through wireless mesh technology you can through uh, you can do it through free spectrum there are many ways you can do and anybody would say you can connect with the balloon and things like anybody would say it's a great idea but what they did i think prematurely became too ambitious and they thought that why don't we tell people that you know we can connect unconnected people but they were not connecting the people where there was no connectivity they were connecting the same people who were not connected in the connectivity provisioned area okay so i may not be connected sitting in this village called kalusarai in delhi but there is a connectivity available in this area so facebook came and tell that if you download my app you can connect and you don't have to pay for it that means 
for the cost of my connecting to the internet you have paid the price for on my behalf but for which you are asking me to enter my door and that was dot org and that door if you enter you are mostly around them and all that yes. it's like a bulbulaiya yes. and instantly and it's the same thing that you can see otherwise also so i was in the name of internet i was getting into a facebook world of facebook you know which is also available on the internet but this is not internet it's a part of internet you know so what i am saying as a connect as a person who would pay or do not pay for the internet if i am getting into the internet i should purely go to the internet and accessing any website should be free to me to decide that's all i mean we we, we thought that it was it was absolutely unethical for them to do that and i wrote about it also sure. and many people wrote it i was not the only one many people wrote about it so you know but the the most other important question is that facebook also see or facebooks of the world or uh, googles of the world and uh, you know many amazons of the world and all these are content companies actually if you see it's a application and content company they are getting into access business you know because of their power because of their reach because of their you know uh, you know captivity of the uh, consumer but they want to i think become an access company i don't know it is right or wrong it is something like saying now airtel wants to become a content company or an e-commerce company why does that not happen so i don't know so if if but that is not wrong so, for airtel to go into but if airtel starts saying that you can only do e-commerce through me you can only do since you are my using my connectivity you can only see these websites you can only see this then of course that is unethical na to agar aap if you have pay the toll on a highway you should not be controlled which shop you go to buy the next food from you have paid the price for driving on that road yes. that's it i can go to his house or that house or this restaurant or that restaurant anything you know so so it's a very i mean it's 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 also actually we are gradually getting driven into a very monopolistic business scenario yeah for some reason or the other there are only four companies that own the whole world data you know in a way if you look at it there is apple there is microsoft there is google and there is facebook yeah amazon amazon but point is through them yeah. or whatever True. i mean because device aap use kar rahe ho to amazon mein uske baad hi ghusoge you know maybe amazon <coughs> so i mean it can, the list can go on but these are broadly speaking either through their operating system or their device or their software or their application or their search engine or their whatever but these are the people actually capturing the whole world's data in one in a way it's a very dangerous situation you know that you know you cannot live a world and you are just a data you are not even more than a data you know is really is that something you you work on i mean like when you are talking about connecting or you know making the next billion uh, digitally literate so i am i am not working but i am i am i am i am preparing myself to get into the next phase of our work where we see that how algorithm and data is a means of exploitation or a means of manipulation for human existence yeah because what is happening is that you know it is my data which is actually giving chance to the business service provider to decide 
they decide what i should buy or what i should consume or what i should decide or what i actually don't they let me put me in a situation where i don't i i don't even know that there is something exists which actually exist i mean for i will give you very simple example you you travel by air do you know that the airline in which you sit and the seat on which you sit the neighbor of yours on the next seat has paid a different amount for the same seat that you are going to the same location in the same time and this is because his profile has been captured your profile has been captured his time of buying has been captured your time of buying has been captured how do you spend in your life is captured you know how late or early you buy has been captured your desperation has been captured everything has been captured and that has actually made you to buy what you buy for after that amount so in this consumerism a lot of people feel or believe that consumers don't care for these nuances the next billion consumers so called uh, that you see on the ground do you think they would care for things like differential pricing and so on i'm i'm just trying to understand how different they will be from who are already there as consumers i'll let me give yeah. you a very very simple example as long as you behave like a consumer you will be treated like a consumer and exploited like a consumer there is a difference between behaving like a consumer and behaving like a citizen actually people have created a situation of themselves of behaving more like a consumer and less like a citizen there is a difference between the two a citizen understands the ecosystem understands the policy understands the responsibility accountability a consumer doesn't a consumer only sees money or do not see money or only see its capacity to pay or not to pay and gets treated as gets treated asset. like as so so today so if you if you are a, if if you are a citizen you would like to know the food i am eating where is it coming from who has made it is it rightly priced should i consume it should i not consume it if it is not good should i complain or not complain and ask tough questions that citizenship so the world is actually moving from citizenship to consumership and that is the reason why and also you will see the government also is merging with the corporates because they want you to be, behave less like a, a citizen and behave more like a consumer and corporate also corporate in any case always wanted you to be consumer so they are actually and internet is a network that is being created where if you are on that network what you do is that very few people you want to have on board to to control them so on one side while connectivity and internet create democratic participation of voicing you yourselves it is also creating a one network for all to maybe controlled by one or a situation like that can this battle be still fought so i am saying we are on a gradual path because the whole connectivity and digital is it came into our life as a technology converted into a medium and now gradually going to become a lifestyle okay similarly paper once upon a time pen and pencil were upon a time was a technology 
for centuries it became our life part of life and became not technology but part of our life no today nobody says paper and pen is a technology everybody sees it as ke pulp hai ye hai wo koi baat technology ki tarah usko koi nahi dekhta लेकिन डिजिटल को आज की तारीख में इवन टिल टुडे डिजिटल इज बीइंग सीन एज अ टेक्नोलॉजी दैट इज व्हाई इट इज नॉट आल्सो बिकॉज इट इज इट इज नॉट वेरी इजी टू बीइंग यू नो कंट्रोल्ड बाय बाई टॉम डिकन हैरी और अ नॉर्मल पर्सन सो ऑन अ मोर फाइनल नोटिंग homegrown successful companies that became large scale and so on and you know you know was at war with these four uh, you know big platforms of data that that you refer to india has had taken a different path i mean mm. we never closed the internet economy uh, where we are today it doesn't look like you can give up on that path right you can't suddenly shut everything is that a problem because you you, you now see uh, some of the home grown initiatives like india stack or or a bunch of them or even aadhar for that matter as as platforms so what i see is that <clears throat> there is a gradual scenario there will be a scenario gradually to become a scene where everybody is online so that debate will be over okay. is that who is not online who is online and how mm. much you're offline mm. is online how much is online is mm. offline and things mm. like that and then there will be a scenario of then dissecting and bifurcating and controlling in colonies so pehle sab upar aayenge everybody will join then they will disjoin they will then they will create ba- barriers by by virtual networks and all that so i will become call the whole one internet will become a colonies of internet colonies of intranet colonies of various different networks and things like that and then there will be a trade off on that on business and governance on fight and information war will happen on that and everything in real life because you cannot eat data but data will eat you because of its control over the real life so i uh, actually i need food to survive my daily you know i cannot eat data you know but the point is that the food availability foods provisioning foods traveling foods everything will be controlled from the data and the virtual network that's the war and that is to... the war that we will get into or the control system that we will get into or the independence that we get into so we might be a situation that i make a colony go into a small corner of tamil nadu and i create my virtual network as well as physical network of a colony where i grow my own food and i control my own food and i keep my own food and on the data i am i barred myself to be at, not attacked by anybody else and connect only on a manner that i know whom i am connecting not connecting and things like that so the real colonies vis-a-vis the virtual colonies and how do you have a real and virtual control over each other hmm. that's the kind of futuristic scenario that i'm talking maybe about 50 years or 25 years hence or whatever if at all everything goes right and a positive but i'm sure there will be many many you know more innovations will come back and things like but so far i am seeing that you know this technology what we call as digital and internet is going to replace totally what you call as the paper uh, sure. paper or a, or a brick and mortar world you know and create a absolute parallel virtual world you know 
where everything is happening virtually also which is actually intrigue the whole concept of entire uh, cash dealing or all it all will be over gradually what will happen is that there might not be any uh, you know transactional mean also it could be only bitcoin or or whatever just the virtual uh, indicative price or whatever of thing and ownership or something so that's what i think the scenario will get into but humans are uh, you know very innovative they are innovating all the time uh, india is in a, on a on a on a, a very interesting scenario where you know most of its uh, population is not connected but the government and corporate behaves as if that everybody is connected you know yeah. so it's a, it's a scenario where you know we we may not find to connect uh, rest of the 80% of our country and still believe that we, all of them are connected and forget them <laughs> that know? would be dangerous but i'm sure people will not allow them to do that but uh, we certainly are in a in a in a scenario where the world is going to suffer if we are not going to connect our people and not digitally enable them because we are also not only resources for the country we are resources for the world because of our high population really important point yeah. final question asama so so who 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 are you really uh how do you describe yourself um an activist change agent i don't know i i i can throw so many terms but where do you come from why do you do what you do yeah i enjoy doing this i feel that uh, all uh, you know i at somehow i feel that uh connecting people or digitally enabling people can overcome their uh, overcome their misery of life the poverty their voicelessness their uh, you know uh, violence against their rights you know subjugation everything can can overcome and i certainly look for a scenario where i feel that if everybody is connected then i have a right to say whatever i want to say and and after that also i remain poor i can remain poor but at least not because i am not at the same i don't have that facility or i don't have that and i feel getting connected is uh, highly democratic and it is required although i am now also seeing a lot of question uh, a lot of issues around control system but i am a normal uh, you know human being who who who, who loves traveling doing connecting people i i i i i find a lot of affinity with uh, poor people because i find poor people are extremely rich in knowledge and wisdom and uh, vice versa also i find rich people extremely hollow in uh, wisdom and knowledge so uh, i find all my you know uh, strength in in weaker section poor, poor uh, disconnected people and all Uh, to get my wisdom from and uh, yes at digital empowerment foundation we are doing it for the last almost 15 years we have been able to connect more than 5 million people and digitally enable more than 5 million people we are in 22 states uh, 90 districts and 200 locations <laughs> all of them are broadband enabled uh, we uh, work in backward areas we help several other countries to also look for alternative means to connect people like i was in kyrgyzstan to to tell them how to do it we work all across south asia so we have lots of affiliate uh we are yeah we are we are doing quite good yeah more power to you sama thank you always talking good so good talking to you yeah. thank you thank you thanks so much thank you yeah thank you